everyone and welcome to another Scott Swayhey podcast and this time I'm joined by musician Zan Tyler. Hello Zan. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, we're here to talk initially about Clarion Call, your collaboration with Mad Professor, but I'm sure we're going to talk about much, much more. But let's start off with Clarion Call and working with Mad Professor. Yeah, so, well, um, it was supposed to be out this week, but we've had a little bit of a delay. I don't know quite what happened with the digital distribution, but um, maybe next week it's out. But yeah, it's sort of been a bit of a long journey to get to this point because we started working on this project three years ago. Right. Um, uh, how did it all start? I mean, we worked together 20 years ago on Mission Control, which I'm sure I've told you about before, which was a... Um, uh, one album and it was on pop tones and um, it was a great album loved it had a, had a guest vocal with Lee Scratch Perry um, didn't do huge things but people that knew it loved it if you know what I mean one of those albums so we've stayed in touch ever since my professor and I and we've sort of um, just every now and then check in with each other and I think we sort of tried to work on something maybe 10 years ago and it just didn't quite come off for whatever reason right um, and then he, more recently, three years ago, whatever it was, he sent me a couple of tracks and said, you know, are you interested in doing some vocals with these? And I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. Sent them, sent him back. And I think the first one was Clarion Court or maybe Silver and Gold. And he sent back a mess, a text message. And it was, he's not a very sweary person generally, but it had a few, it, it was like, I can't, you know, stress out good this is it's really really good you know and I was like oh that's very you know positive response so uh, he said you're up for more and I said yeah let's do it so I decided I'd sent him a few songs um that I'd been writing that I thought would work well you know just little demos with me and the guitar um and we just kind of bounced backwards and forwards for a little while and then um then it was kind of like well we've got enough songs to you know initially we thought maybe an EP um, so I went down and recorded the first, maybe four, I think it probably was, um, and they sounded really good. And then, you know, I was like, look, I think we should do an album and he sort of agreed. And then we just did a bit more, but, and then of course COVID hit. Yeah. So, um, I had, I think actually my last studio session, like outside of this building was at Arewa and it was just literally finishing the last vocals back February, 2020. Yeah, um, that lost year, it's really weird, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah, so um, so yeah, so then it was kind of like, well, God knows what we're doing now. And I actually was really gutted because I thought that's that, that's kind of yeah, screwed yeah. that whole album probably, you know, it's everything's just gonna stop. And, you know, the chances of us picking up that momentum, that sort of energy that we'd sort of got felt really unlikely. Um, and and also my professors in the 40, 40, well, 41st year of making records and keeps talking about wanting to retire, but I don't think he ever will because um, he's he was addicted to it really. But, um, you know, and so there's probably a bit of him. It's a bit like, OK, no, you know, I want to slow this down and maybe do a bit less. At least that's what he was saying at the time. So I was wasn't sure if my well our project would slip into that kind of just wasn't to be kind of a 
place but um anyway so here we are um and yeah i can't really remember at what point we sort of picked it all up again and went right let's go but it, again it has been slow just to sort of get to this point it's been very yeah. much as well, let's just see how it's all how it's all going you know because i'm mean, right in saying there's other people involved as well it's not just the two of you is that right well there's uh, there's other musicians yeah. that played on the album of course yeah i mean he has a, a sort of almost like a house band really like a studio band so a lot a lot of these tracks um had been around for a while and it's quite a sort of thing in the sort of reggae world to sort of use rhythms again and again you know so some of these tracks will have been used in various you know they they mutate into other things which I quite like you know they sort yeah. of have their own journey you know and they 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 do different things these songs these tunes you know and they get turned into different things by different people wildly different things so um so some of them you know they've already pre-existed in that way and then some of them um you know I wrote you know with this in mind yeah and so those were the ones that we got in people and built the scrap built from scratch you know um, and um uh, we got a couple of horn players in friends of mine um, you know so it's yeah it's been it's been lovely actually it's been a really nice kind of collective kind of yeah. thing you know group 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 thing so um, what were the uh, did you have original plans for it in terms of you're going to release and then were you going to do live shows or anything like that and how is how does that change to now is it a, do you approach it in a very different way releasing it now than you would have done before covid and everything? yeah yeah i mean um i think if we didn't have COVID, we probably would be doing, you know, nice launch party and um, a tour and, you know, or at least a, a, a bunch of gigs. I mean, Mad Professor's on the road pretty solidly. Under yeah. normal circumstances, it's quite unbelievable the amount of shows that he does in a year, you know. Um, and even with COVID, he's got fairly impressive you know, bunch of dates there. So, I mean, he has sort of said, would you be able to, are you up for it? You know, and in principle, obviously I am, but I can't be getting stuck in any countries or anything. So I've got yeah. families. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have to play that one by ear. So we can't really plan at all. We can't really plan launch parties and things like that, like we normally would. Even vinyl, there's, you know, eight month waiting list or longer. He said he's never in 40 years known it this bad yeah. to get vinyl pressed, you know, because everything's, the backlog is so enormous. So even that is on hold. So it really is just a digital um, release at the moment. But I kind of feel like that's not a bad thing. It will, it will just tick along, and it will be a slow burn. And and I don't, I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's. And he said actually quite a lot of stuff that he's done in the past has has worked that way really nicely. It just bubbled along, and then sometimes two or three years later, it just it just goes. You know, and so. But the response so far has been amazing. I mean, we've had really great reviews, and we've had lots of really positive feedback from the people that have heard it. So. Yeah, I've been reading some of the reviews. You have had some cracking reviews, definitely. Yeah, yeah, really great. So, and there's a few more to come. Uh, I've heard reviews wise, so fingers crossed those come through. So, yeah, just do what you can, really. You know. Yeah. Um, I think actually it's something that a lot of uh, music lovers maybe don't realise at the moment, but you know there is this problem with getting vinyl and getting things made just now. That there's this huge problem getting. I've had a lot of people who whose albums were expected to come out 
during the summer and now it's not coming out till autumn or even later than that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, also, you know, albums that sort of came out just before and then the plan would have been a big tour to, to promote that album. And then it's like, oh, this album's out there and it's kind of dangling for people, you know, and they can't get out and promote it. That's really frustrating. Um, God, it's had such a massive impact on music, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping that in some ways that, you know, moving forward, there'll be some positive stuff coming out of it. I think that there's a much better discussion going on around streaming and, you know, the fact that people don't earn anything from their music being played thousands of times all over the internet, you know, and I think a lot of people, music lovers, you know, that consume music didn't know that. I mean, the amount of times I've had that conversation, I've God, I didn't even know that, you know. No, so I think that's something that's come out of this you know um. and I've noticed that some people now uh, when they're releasing tracks that maybe they would normally have tried to do in a live show are making videos this is a, something that they're doing for almost going back to when Michael Jackson released a video for each track on Thriller or something like that you know it, there are, people are looking at different ways I think of kind of grabbing people's attention yeah yeah absolutely I was having this very conversation with Ariwa yesterday in terms of that because we've got videos for each song pretty much and um, you know and each time you release like you say you release a video you can re re-engage with people about the project and um, maybe grab those that didn't listen the first time or whatever but um, I know for me like the whole <clears throat> just going back to the sort of changes that the Covid thing has made you know, I think it's forced us to do things differently in, in, in all sectors. Um, and for me, it's been really good to sort of force me into doing stuff like this, you know, which I would have run a mile from really, to be brutally honest. <laughs> well, you know, you're very lovely and it's, it's nice to chat to you, but you know. Uh, yes, I do know, I understand, yeah. Um, so talking about um, last year, you released uh, an album in collaboration with the producer Kramer. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I guess that was impacted as well by everything that went on. Um, yeah, um, to a certain extent, I guess it was. I mean, we hadn't had any plans to, to tour or anything. Mm -hmm. he's, in, he's in America, obviously, and I'm here. Um, there may have been a, some more demos or follow-up recording I don't know but anyway so yeah um that's let it come down for anyone that just didn't know it and um uh we again that was a kind of took a while to get to that point you know we recorded some of the stuff two years before that's a tractor uh, in case you're wondering um and um and then I think um just, you know we we did a couple of songs together my songs together and that's when we kind of decided well he decided that he wanted me to work on this collaboration with him which was an enormous honor and um then we met in Amsterdam about a year later and recorded most of the album there and then you know it's a good year after that that it would came out so you know that again was it's and, and in that time, um, Joyful Noise and Shimmy Disc had sort of decided that they would work together in, in sort of um, bringing, you know, Shimmy Disc back after many years of, of not releasing records. So he's now fully immersed in running a record label again, which I yeah. don't think he was really expecting to be doing, but um, he, 
where he is and he's doing it amazingly and there's loads of incredible stuff coming out on it so yeah I mean we were lucky we got our vinyl out um in time and it's done well and um yeah I, I love the album I um, I mean, for those that don't know, um, Shimmy Disc was the label that Kramer ran back in the the day that had bands like Galaxy of 500, Low, Will Oldham. I mean, it was an incredible uh, label. So to have that yeah. back with us is, is an incredible result of collaborating with them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I guess I'm a little bit of history there in that the album that I made with him was the first release on the, on the new label, on the new Shimmy Disc label. So that that's quite quite something bit of history but yeah it is absolutely I mean you know there's a lot of people out there that are very very excited about the prospect of you know all of these bands that he you know Jad Fair and people like that they've I think Kramer's just releasing something with him yeah. now. and then all the new stuff to come yeah and there's quite a lot of people in Scotland involved you know he's, he's signed quite a lot of Scottish artists so um constant follower Oh, really? Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So um, they, I think their album is October on Shimmy Disc, um, which I've had the pleasure of hearing in advance. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a real, it's great. It's, a, it's an amazing album and still, still in love with it. And if the legacy is that you've got Kramer producing lots of Scottish bands, that's, that's something to be proud of, definitely. Well, I don't know if I can take credit for that. But <laughs> uh, so let's go back and talk about um, your life in music, Zan, going back to the beginning, because it's it's a fascinating one. You know, you've been involved with so many different people and so many types of music as well. Um, how did you get started? Um, sort of slightly fell into it, really. I um, was away, you know, left school, joined a band, kind of singing backing vocals you know I loved singing but I didn't sort of have huge desires as a schoolgirl to be a singer as such in fact I never sang in front of anybody at that stage um, but then I you know was kind of in with a bunch of musicians and um, somebody said come and do backing vocals and I kind of went all right then you know it was one of those and uh, and just got the bug you know just got the bug my first gig was at the rock garden um, and it was a 13-piece band, um, a huge, ridiculous number of people on the smallest stage <laughs> in the world, you know. And I thought I was going to die from nerves. Uh, actually, like, thought I could possibly die from being this nervous. But, um, but you know, got through it, survived, loved it, and just carried on with them. That was a band called Death Bang Party, um, which did a lot of really cool stuff. It was a really, it was an original band. Um, quite risque for the time, slightly sort of, I don't know, um, I don't know, B-52s meets Toots and the Maytails horns and, you know, just a real mishmash of stuff, yeah. but quite, quite risque as well and very theatrical, lots of dancing and throwing ourselves around the stage. And we did lots of the Edinburgh Festival, we got Best Newcomers and we did loads of really cool stuff but we were kind of a bit risque so we never got signed lots of right. A&Rs used to come down and go god this is amazing but I can't sign it because there's a naked <laughs> man on stage and uh he's swearing and some of the you know some of the titles were you know on back then anyway yeah. so anyway uh and then that when that folded it was like okay what do I do don't really know what I'm doing 
shall I just give this a go? And I just found a bunch of bands, cover bands and tribute bands and got involved in being a music agent as well. So I was kind of booking bands as well back in sort of days where colleges had lots of money. Yeah. So yeah. largely on the college circuit, doing freshers balls and summer balls and Christmas balls and stuff. Lots of really well-paid tribute bands like bootleg Beatles and people like that. I mean, they went out for huge sums of money. It was amazing really when you think back. Um, and that's all probably completely dried up now, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was kind of in the band, booking the band, tour managing the band, you know, had many hats and I and I loved it and I did that for years. And then I, um, a friend of mine who was a drummer um, in the Low Fidelity All-Stars, don't remember, if you yep, remember that drummer. Sadly, he passed away three years ago, um, a really very dear friend of mine, so still kind of can't believe that. But anyway, um, he said to me, did you know that Alan McGee is looking for a singer? And he and he said something along the lines of looking for Dusty Springfield um, with attitude or something along those lines. And I was like, no, I didn't. And he said, you got you've just got to send something in. Right. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, this isn't the official. This isn't the official press story, by the way. No, this isn't no, no. the press story that we had when we were doing technique. We told some other completely different story, but this is actually what really happened. So I sent in my my tape and the photograph, um, and uh, I did actually see the bag of cassettes that my cassette came out, a little right. cassette came out of, and so I was up against quite a lot of people. So it was quite quite amazing that I got through to that and went and met them, and you know, I was a bit like. I didn't really feel like I belonged, you know, in a lot of ways, but um, that was that. And so I joined Technique with Kate, who's Alan's wife, um, who has a huge musical history herself, but unfortunately lots of the British press couldn't really get past the fact that she was yeah. to me. It was always about that. Um, but we did all right in other countries. Um, and then after that, what did I do? Yeah, I did uh, some stuff on Positiva with Timo Mass. Um, and then I did a whole bunch of sort of sessiony, dancey records with various people, um, and then I had children, <laughs> um, moved to Scotland and stuff. So there was kind of a bit of a gap there where I didn't do a lot of stuff. I did always, I've always, you know, done music of some yeah. sort, but I wasn't releasing films or stuff. And then, um, and then, uh, twenty sixteen released an EP. 2014 and then 2016 I think and then Kramer now here so yeah uh it's been a been a bit of a journey but across that as I say you've covered many genres I mean your solo stuff that I've heard anyway has been mostly kind of singer songwriter towards the acoustic end of things um well one would you be doing more of that or is that too much far in the future to say more so no I'm um I'm uh very delighted to say in fact i've not said this to anybody um outside of my friends um that uh creative scotland have given me um a grant which is amazing okay. complete lifeline um so i'll be making an album which i've already started writing um i'm working with boo huadine and mark freeguard on that um so yeah uh um it's exciting really really super exciting so in terms of genres you know I kind of want it to really reflect a little bit of everything that I've done whilst you know it will probably largely feel quite sort of alt folky and um 
I don't know, actually. I don't want to say that because who okay. knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Who's okay. Gonna... It's exciting enough that you're going to be doing one. That's, that's it is. News. It's really exciting. It's really, really exciting. And um, it's really nice to be focused on that. Just, you know, I'm researching it and things at the moment. And um, it's all kind of, I, you know, I won't, I won't tell you everything about the plans for it. But the, basically, I'm sort of looking at women, strong women in in. Uh, as, as inspiration for it so there's a song that I did on Let It Come Down Vicky which um, uh, had a real impact you know and it really got me thinking about a lot of stuff but it really touched a lot of people I had a lot of people get in touch with me saying that they you know really identified with this idea of you know giving a name to this internal negative self-sabotage voice that you have in your head and 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 how it kind of helped them to do that and and so taking that idea forward and move, expanding on that stuff I wanted to sort of write an album that is in, uh, sort of inspired by strong women so it's it's some imagined some historical um some that I know you know and um and yeah so I'm doing lots of reading about various people and and it's in it's, and now I've got about five albums in my head to be honest with you <laughs> I'm like oh my god she needs a whole album and oh my god I'm gonna write about that so it's great no why not that no that's that's really exciting news fantastic maybe we can I can get you back on to talk about that in detail once it's about to come out that would be great that would be lovely that would be really lovely yeah well, Zan, thanks so much for talking to me today, uh, getting up and having a chat in early in the morning. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. No, it's lovely. It's lovely to catch up. Thank you. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Mm -hmm.